The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This feast of uh, the Ascension of the Lord is one of those feasts that sort of gets a short shrift in the, in the life of the church because, well, it's sort of uh, like the little brother between its big sister Easter and its other big sister Pentecost on either side. You know, those Easter is filled with hallelujahs and the resurrection and the glory of the new day and a Pentecost is filled with the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire and it's big and beautiful and, and kind of rambunctious feast and in between we kind of have poor little Ascension Day. Um, and that's, I guess, okay because maybe it's a humble feast to begin with. But it's also perhaps not the biggest problem that it sort of gets lost between those two big feasts. Uh, perhaps a little bit more important or a little more uh, is the fact that it's easy to get distracted from the point of the feast. On the one hand, you have you know, that image of Jesus sort of uh, jetting up into heaven, you know, with some sort of a backpack filled with grace, sort of lifting him up into the clouds. And people say, how did he do that? And what was that about? And, and certainly the art through the centuries is kind of focused on that moment. There are so many paintings by the great artists of this moment with Jesus, just Jesus' kind of feet dangling from the top of, the, top of the, uh, the painting with the disciples looking up into the clouds. And on the other hand, you've got tonight, this morning's gospel with, uh, from the very end of Mark's, Mark's gospel. And it's, kind of, uh, it's easy to kind of get distracted by that strange image, kind of almost uh, weird image of the early Christians wrangling snakes and, and drinking poison, you know, as sort of a proof that God is with them. It's like, what's all that about? And in kind of focusing on either that or the kind of going up into heaven of Jesus, we lose the point of the whole feast, which is captured in both of those readings in other places. Before Jesus ascends, he says to his apostles, 
I want you to go forth and be witnesses to the whole world of the gospel we've proclaimed. And in the gospel of Mark, he says, go out into the whole world proclaiming the good news to every creature. And that's really the point of this feast. Jesus leaves the stage of the gospel story so that the disciples, his disciples, can begin their work. It's almost as if Jesus is saying to them, okay, I've prepared you enough. Uh, you might not feel it yet, but you're ready to go. You know, you're ready for the big time. You're ready to take over my work here and to take this good news of love and mercy and forgiveness and compassion and joy out to the world which desperately needs it. Now it's your turn. And that commission to his apostles, his disciples, is one that, in fact, of course, the apostles and disciples responded to beautifully. It took a little while for them to get going, but once they got going, they did go to what was then the far corners of the earth. You know, Peter to Rome and James to Spain and eventually, of course, Paul to all kinds of places in the Greek world at the time. And they did proclaim the gospel. And that's why we're still here these many thousands of years later is because they did such a good job. And it's not just them. Through the ages, our, our church calendar is replete with feasts of great saints who carried on the work of the apostles and the disciples in their own time, in their own place, every corner of the world. Missionaries and evangelists and mystics who have, from one way or another, lived the gospel of Jesus and shared it with the world in extraordinary ways. And even in our own time, we've been especially blessed by witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the kingdom of God. You know, in our own time, we've been blessed to, to live with, in a sense, in this world, with a Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who does this extraordinary work of caring for the poorest of the poor in the streets of the big cities of India, Calcutta primarily. And not just her, but, but Pope John XXIII, what an extraordinary man he was, now a saint for opening up the church and allowing fresh air to blow through it in a, in a new way that nobody expected. Or maybe even closer to home, one of our own priests of the Diocese of Spokane dedicates his entire life as a priest from even before he was a priest when he went as a deacon to a little village in Guatemala, Father David Baranti, and spent the next 42 years in that one little place, that one little corner of the world, caring for, in some ways, the most forgotten people on the face of the earth, year after year after year. And then, when he gets to 70 years old last year, and it's time for him to retire, he doesn't come back to Spokane. He goes and lives in the most desperate part of the Honduras, in a big city that's filled with crime and gangs and drugs and all kinds of terrible stuff. And where does he plant himself? in a little dark barrio, in a house with no running water at 70 years of age. You say, how does he do that? How do any of these great saints and these great figures of our life who are these great missionaries and evangelists and teachers and pastors, where do they get all that from? And they say, wow, you know, um, we're not nearly so holy. We're not nearly so great as they are. But Jesus' words to his disciples are not meant just for those big saints or those extraordinary figures of our time or of past ages. 
They're for us as well. Each of us in our own way is called to attend to Jesus' great commission to his disciples, his apostles, to go forth and be witnesses to the good news in all the world. And, and yet we can't do that. We're not equipped to go to Guatemala and spend our lives there or, or uh, work like Mother Teresa did. We have families to take care of. We have people here that we need to be here. And, and that's really important that we understand that even here, in our real lives, wherever we find ourselves, the call to live the gospel is just as real for us as it is for the big saints and the great apostles of our church. It is for us in our own way, in our own time, in our own place, humbly to live the compassion of Jesus, to live his mercy, to live his forgiveness, certainly to live his joy as a witness to the people in our own families. And we have lots and lots of opportunities to do that day in and day out. Today we celebrate Mother's Day. All of us know that our mothers and our grandmothers are these extraordinary people in their very ordinariness, in their daily work of caring for us and making it look kind of easy in spite of the difficulties they face day in and day out. We know that that too is proclaiming the gospel within their home, within their family, within their community. All of us, wherever we are, in the small things of our lives, in the small encounters that we have day in and day out with our own family members, with our own husband, our own wife, our own mothers and fathers, our own children, our own co-workers, our own church members, are called to be as Christ to them, to love them truly, justly, completely, forgivingly, compassionately, day in and day out. That is fulfilling the Lord's command to proclaim the gospel to the four corners of the world in our corner of the world, wherever we find ourselves. That's a huge gift to us in our own time. As St. Paul reminds us in the letter to the Ephesians, we, we don't have to go it alone in that commission and fulfilling that work in our lives as mothers and fathers, as brothers and sisters, as, as fellow members of a church family. We do it together as one body in Christ. And that makes it all the more easy for us to to do it well in our own place and our own time by knowing that we're supported by the prayers of others, that all of us in our good times and our hard times are supporting one another, that the great gift of, of min bringing the gospel into our world is something that we don't have to do by ourselves alone, but is something we do together as one family in Christ. Some of us as missionaries, some of us as evangelists, some of us as pastors, most of us as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. And so on this feast of the ascension, we're not to be distracted by how Jesus got up into heaven or by that weird image of early Christians wrangling rattlesnakes in church on Sunday morning. We are 
called ourselves to hear the words of Jesus, to proclaim the gospel to the four corners of the world, and to do it in our little corner of the world.